it's everybody like ready to go. Um, yeah. I'm mildly awake. Might be a sleepy episode, but I'm down. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the internet. Live from the Marriott Library at the University of Utah, this is the Red Line Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Dunstan, and these are my co-hosts... Kyle Holland and... Alex Fielder. Today we're talking about freeway and highway removal and how it can help knit our urban fabric back together. This, after the news. That was like a very good NPR voice you had there towards the end. I was very impressed by that. Yeah. Thanks. This week, the Santa Clara County Valley Transportation Authority... Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) That's almost as bad as could come to Kansas City Metropolitan Transit Authority, Um, which is more commonly known as the VTA, has resumed 15-minute headways on its three light rail lines. The restoration comes after significant reductions in service over the last several years due to both the pandemic and a tragic mass shooting incident at VTA's light rail maintenance yard. Oh. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't complain quite as much about our bus operator (laughs) shortages. Yeah, so... We got got it easy. So, kudos to the VTA for restoring service to the LRT, and here's to many more service improvements. Uh, In extremely big and even bigger news, the WMATA... uh, (laughs) (laughs) Who comes up with these? It's the Washington Metropolitan Area Transportation Authority. state or D.C.? Washington Metropolitan Area Transportation Authority. It's owned by the federal government. So that one's DC. It's yeah. It's the I think it's the only like local transportation service directly controlled by Congress. Because which DC is, isn't a state yet. Which is a bad thing. Because um, DC isn't a state yet, which is yes. also a bad thing. Uh, but they've announced that their 11.4 mile six station Silver Line extension will open on November 15th. The project will finally connect Dola's International Airport, the primary airport of the D.C. metro area, to the Washington metro, and extend service to several communities in Virginia. Although WMATA has faced serious troubles with their 7,000 series rail cars in recent times, they believe that said troubles should not impact their opening date. Hmm. <laughs> so this is going to be a hybrid train set that runs on diesel usually, but then switches to pantograph power when it goes through the tunnel. Like the MBTA one. <sighs> the gosh darn, it's not, it's a bus, it's how... I'm sorry, I hear Silverline and I think the weird MBTA bus. I was thinking you were thinking of like Caltrain or something, I was like what are you talking about, dude? <laughs> and I was like, it's a third rail powered heavy metro, man. <laughs> I, I feel like it's naive to say they've had serious troubles with their rolling stock and then say it's not going to affect anything. Well, in this case, it's not because they've like actively been restoring those cars that were just terrible and broken and making them fit for service again. So they think. So they had problems, then they probably fixed the problem, so it should be okay now. Right. And, you know, the great thing about, um, about the Dolas extension, right? Dolas? Dolas? Dulles. Dulles. I don't know. I don't know how you say it. Dulles International Airport Extension uh, was that it's been planned since 1962. I'm sorry, what? (laughs) (laughs) It's 2022. Yeah, so it only took them 60 years. It's an airport extension. That's not even like a downtown subway like the New York one. Hey, now Reagan National has has a subway station. That's great. Reagan, yes! Wait, isn't that ironic? It's very (laughs) ironic. It's very ironic because 
you know, Reagan was a dick and against the construction of Metro. Yeah, this thanks. This is a historical fact. Thanks, Miami Metro Rail. Um, <laughs> that was a joke. So, yeah, that's good, though. There's going to be, you know, the nation's capital is going to have rail service to the airport after 60 years. Woo. That's lovely. Yay. Thanks for taking forever. That's a never, never, I guess. That's but true. At least it sounds fast, though. 11.4 miles, six stations... A presumably fully grade separated metro. Yeah, well, I mean, is that really an appropriate, like, A, stop spacing, and B, like, line length for metro? I leave it to the audience to answer that question. Well, it sounds fast. With I'm sure miles it'll be. Between stations. I don't know what Wamada's top speed is. Let's look that up real fast. Washington. Gotta be averaging, like, 30 or 40 without station spacing. Top right? speed. Oh, jeez. What is it? Oh, 75. Oof. Okay, so this is gonna be I fast. take it back. That'll be fine. That's good. Good. Sweet. Meanwhile, the track's Third rail, line. baby. Okay, you can go faster than that with catenaries. I don't think with You can go faster than that with third rail. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's just wrong. It's not wrong. It's false. You can go slower Third than rail, that. French TGV. TGV, and yet... TGV, and yes... You can go slower with diesel. You can go faster with diesel. I think Connor's just making stuff up at this point. I am, <laughs> <laughs> I am completely making things up. Everything I said is a lie. Anyways, fast train good. And this has been the news. And now we do the show. No. <laughs> As every news must end with a single note. Um, no. So... Freeway removal, it do be a thing. It do be a thing that people do be doing. And it do be a thing that people do be doing because right now is the time to do be doing it. Since we, you know, live in the future or whatever. We do live and in... not in 19-whatever. 19-whatever. That's a year. <laughs> so, uh, freeway removal has been a growing topic of interest in cities for a number of reasons. Firstly, all of the mid-century freeways that were forced through cities are beginning to reach the end of their life spans and literally falling apart. So cities are facing a choice about whether to rebuild and replace them or to remove them. There's only so much grinding up and resurfacing <laughs> of asphalt you can do. Well, and the trouble is especially with elevated freeways, which are ah. pretty common in most city centers. Like, do you know, just being have a limited lifespan? Yeah. Oh. I mean, you well, you run 40 billion, like, trillion ton trucks over a sucker and see how well it well, holds out. Like, the vibrations, the uh, it's exposed to the air, so, like, there's concrete corrosion and steel corrosion going on, so, yeah. My, my brain's still thinking, like, rail bridges and viaducts, which are notorious for lasting quite a long time. Well, and that's because most of the time they cost a lot more to make. Because they're a, a lot more thoroughly engineered. Well, you try running a billion, four hundred billion ton locomotives over a bridge and see how this long it lasts. That's true. Whereas freeways need to have a lot more like physical surface size, area, like yeah. surface area. So you can't afford to make them that good. Make them basically eternal. Yeah. yeah well, it's a surprise they've lasted this long. <laughs> when well, you, when you put it that and way. A lot of and the thing is, them. they haven't lasted this long. Like a lot of them kind of just break. Like you remember. That bridge in Pittsburgh, like, last year that just kind of collapsed randomly. Oh. Like, that that does just happen in the United States occasionally. Bridges just kind of, like... Hmm. 
And if this was like the 1960s and we'd already had, you know, however many decades of freeways, I guess at this point some of these freeways are nearing like 70 years old. Which Um, is probably a bit past the recommended lifespan. Yeah. So if this was the 1960s, the federal government would be like, no problem. We got ya. He has 90% of the funding to rebuild the road. But we don't do that no more. You see, like most these days, um, state and local governments are paying like 60 to 80% of new infrastructure costs. So if you want to rebuild a freeway, you're not getting like slush money from the entire United States federal government. You got to pay for it yourself. Not to mention the buying power of the gas tax is like completely tanked. Yeah, it's collapsed. So, especially since gas is, like, really, really cheap, even, like, now people people are, like, you know, really fond of bitching about how expensive gas is. It's not. But, like, it's fun cheap. fact, fun fact, back in, like, the 1950s, our gas prices were, like, on the global standard. Like, they cost the same as it did everywhere else. So if you go and fill up for petrol in the U.K., it's going to cost the same as filling up for gas in the United States, like, relatively speaking. But now, first of all, Gas almost always costs, like, at most, half of, like, the global average, at least in the developed world. And then also, you know, vehicles are more fuel efficient, and they weigh more at the same time. So that's great. So, yeah, uh, the gas is cheap. Um, the gas tax has not gone up with inflation, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> that's a, a, so, a, in other words, we have no money. We have no money. Uh But we do have money to tear down freeways because in an infrastructure bill passed in 2021, the Biden administration budgeted about a billion dollars to remove freeways that had created historic impacts on minority communities and divided cities. It's called the Reconnecting Communities Program. Nice. I've never heard of that before now. Well, you know, it's obscure government stuff. So Did did they, like, Trojan horse that in something? No, it was just in there. well, it was passed under budget reconciliation, so um, we didn't have to get a certain other party that likes the color red and pretends that elections are fake and to loves sign off. Yeah, elephants. Yeah. The, let's just call them the... Um, the slow-moving... The super fun and exciting party. Yeah. Yeah. So we didn't. they didn't have to get the super fun and exciting party to sign off of on the bill. So well, that makes yeah. that's how sense. it got passed. And you know, <laughs> they did, however, have to get a certain senator from West Virginia to sign off on the bill, which is why it's a billion dollars instead of twenty billion dollars like was originally intended. Mm. <laughs> I, that so, one senator who shall not be named He is, who shall not be named has been a very um big pain in the ass. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say a very <laughs> difficult force this yes. year. And last that's, year. Yeah. yeah. At any rate, you can destroy a whole lot more freeway for a billion dollars than you can well, replace. I mean, if it's if it's a trenched freeway, which is the other type of freeway that's very common in downtown areas, you can literally just, like, ignore it and just do dump trucks of dirt <laughs> into it, and, and it doesn't matter because it's not like, you know, it's just concrete. There's not anything toxic in it, so it can just kind of chill there under the ground. That's smart. Uh, and if it's an elevated freeway, all you need is a... And, you know, I'm going to make some cartoon noise here, like... Okay. You just I think need, I got the picture. Yeah, or or a <laughs> it, It's times like this. I wish we had a video camera. I know, just to see yeah. me doing weird stuff. So yeah. So all you really need is a you know couple guys with a wrecking ball and some dynamite. And you got yeah. you got it covered. And you just got to clear the stuff out of the way. And voila. 
free urban land. And even embanked mm-hmm. in that grade freeway, so it's just jackhammers and earthworks. Yeah. Or and it's, unearthworks. It's, it's really not too complicated to like physically to just get rid of a freeway. It's just yeah. it's it's just concrete. So well and, and rebar. But you know and, and, uh, <laughs> Well, yeah, but all those things are Again, jackhammered out and shoveled away. Uh, And then finally, as uh, nascent urbanist and climate change movements emerge within the United States, there is a growing knowledge among city residents that freeways are bad for their cities. Thus, public pressure is emerging in many places to remove the most egregious urban freeways. Wow, this this brand new discovery that... (laughs) loud, fast cars are bad in the middle of a city. I mean, it's not a bad thing. I mean, there were freeway riots in the 60s and 70s where people were... Yes, they literally were. Or they call it... They're not freeway riots. They're freeway uprisings. Oh, okay. Yeah. Free branding. They were um, much more common overseas, which is why some overseas cities are less freeway up than ours. Insert city in the Netherlands. Well... And Australia and the UK, like, you know, there's yeah. a reason that like most of London just doesn't have any motorways in it. The the, the one national <laughs> rail app, and that's what makes it good. Well, that's one of the yeah one of the things that makes London such a great city is that, you know, it's very easy to make the correct choice to take public transportation. Because the roads are all like, you know, two lane medieval things that are just left over from ye olden medieval town. And uh, the railways come every two minutes. Yeah. So because <laughs> the Londoners think that you know the existence of their city is more important than the efficient moving of automobile traffic through their city, through their city, not yes. to their city. Yes. So then, now that we've we're we're doing freeway movement, everybody's like, we're into this. Okay, how does we do it? Method number one: you can bury it. So many cities like Boston with the Big Dig and Seattle with the Alaskan Way Freeway, which interesting name for a city that is not in Alaska, uh, chose to bury their freeways to free up space on the surface. This method is often referred to as capping, and the space above the freeway is often reserved for parks and other public spaces. Uh, This is good in the same way that a parking garage is better than surface parking. Well, I mean... not as in the way. Yeah, And the space on the surface is open for normal use. Sort of. Have you... I mean, let's let's look at Google Maps for a second and look at the aftermath of the Big Dig and... Oh, like the the, the MBTA catching on fire? Well, I mean... Oh, the other aftermath. That is an aftermath of the Big Dig. And the Big Dig is going to get its own episode someday because it did sort of indirectly lead to the orange line being shut down for a month but but just look on google maps at the at the freeway that was buried and you'll notice that it's only like kind of halfway done <laughs> like they just kind of left some parts of it out in the open because yeah. reasons also like, tur- there's, turns a, there's out an off-ramp right there coming out of the park Ooh. so yeah turns out burying freeways is really 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 expensive it's very, very So you only do yes. bits and pieces of it. Yeah. So uh, is it also harder to develop the land because... Well, you can't because you try putting a skyscraper on top of a freeway and not have any issues come of that. Well, that, that's what I was thinking. You'd like, have to tear it up anyway. Noise, vibrations, <sighs> there's still, you know, pollution associated with it because it's still a freeway. It's just underground. And these tunnels are big, so they're not as, like, structural. Yeah. So, like, and most uh, of them are cut and cover too. So yeah. they're just right under it. 
Cheers. So, in other words, this is probably your worst possible return well, on investment. Yeah, probably. You're spending a crap load um, of money to, like, mildly improve some aspects of the problem. Yeah, uh, for evidence of this, you can see the big dig in Boston, which spent $15 billion to resolve essentially none of the issues that the central artery had in the first place, especially since most of the central artery is still on the surface because they only managed to dig out a 1.7-mile section. So... Cost per mile, go burr. Uh, that costs even more than NYC subways. <laughs> and that's very concerning. Um, and per capacity unit, that almost certainly is just a terrible. Uh, anyway, but method two is outright removal. This is the good stuff. The good thing, yes. Uh, many cities around the world, including Seoul, Utrecht, and Rochester, New York, have done this. Uh, such projects normally fill in or demolish the freeway slash expressway and replace it with a much narrower boulevard, typically with wide sidewalks and space for transit and bikes. The land saved can be used for parks, apartments, or all manner of th other things because there is not a freeway under it. Yep. Well, and if you haven't noticed, freeways are really big, so like we said, there's so much space to put anything and everything anybody could ever want. Well, right, and if we're going to, uh, we're not going to, nobody gets to see these pictures but us, um, but in Rochester, like, they took a freeway, they made it into, like, a three-lane road, put a bike lane next to it, and then used all the extra land to build apartments. Well, brilliant. It looks nice. It does, right? Like, that alone is just a pretty good formula for a freeway removal. Yes, very nice. Very, very nice. Um, yeah, and I mean, when you do this sort of thing, people always tend to like have a panic attack over it because, oh my gosh, the traffic impacts of removing a freeway. Gasp, terrible. Oh no. And then you get things like the, uh, I'm not going to try to pronounce it freeway, that they removed from over a river in Seoul and then replaced with a park and like, roads on two sides of it, and traffic got better. Yeah, because turns out freeways um, cause traffic. Or as um, is famously associated with our podcast, induce demand. Yeah, because freeways are um, one of the, 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 the few road structures that are actually capable of moving lots of vehicles. And in the process of doing so, they start spraying out massive fire hoses of vehicles onto all of the <laughs> local street networks, completely bogging them down and making a complete mess. Hmm. Plus, so, of course, induced demand, making the freeway itself collapse. So the traffic doesn't just shift somewhere else? Or does it impart and then induce demand? In part, yes, but there is, like, you know, that induced demand factor. And when you remove a... It, it gets into system effect a little bit, which is very complicated, but effe effectively, when you move a, remove a node from a network, the system effect decreases, so actually, if you remove an induced demand node from an induced demand network, the total induced demand of the entire system decreases. So you end up with less trips overall when you remove something. Is, uh, do these trips um, just shift to other means of transit? They shift or they are not made. It's okay. standard induced demand mechanics. Like, some of them go away, some of them shift to a different location, lots well, of them shift to other modes. And in the Seoul, in Seoul's case, they built a new subway line along the thing. So, so there you go. It, it mostly shifted to that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, or, you know, like, personal vehicle traffic shifted to that. Obviously, delivery vehicles and stuff still need somewhere to go. But those aren't that much of a volume of traffic to begin with. Yeah. Comparatively, they are a much smaller thing. So, 
Um, why is freeway removal necessary? And this is a quote from the Institute for Trans Transportation and Development Policy, our good old friend from the BRT episode who sort of invented BRT. Um, quote, you know, the, I may not agree with them on that, but they are anti-highway and that's good. So, uh, quote, urban highways are not just obsolete, they're toxic. They're bad for both people and the planet. They displace people, dividing communities and deeping segregation by cutting off walkable networks that people use to get around. In this way, urban highways sacrifice livable neighborhoods to facilitate car traffic. Urban highways lead to growth that is ecologically and financially unsustainable, and they subsidize sprawling development that destroys agricultural land and natural habitat. Highways encourage people to drive, making air pollution and climate change worse, and, in my own words, they cause higher rates of asthma and other lung diseases and disproportionately affect disadvantaged communities and people of color. Not very poggers, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, urban highways are essentially indefensible at this yeah. point from anyone who's looking at it from like a reality-based point of view. Like, we know, <laughs> we know that car-oriented urban planning is very toxic to all other forms of transportation well, as well as general livability. I would say that you got to reverse the order of those because it's just toxic to life in general. Yeah, kind of. And, yep. and then, you know, other forms of transportation. <laughs> this is true. And then freeways are very much the pinnacle of car-oriented urban planning and best exemplify every single thing that's wrong with it in the worst way possible. So, what freeways hath been removed or otherwise had thine damage repaired? Uh, number one, we got the Alaskan Way Viaduct in <laughs> Seattle. Uh, this is actually the most recent, I believe, because they just finished the, quote, Urban Boulevard Reed Strode. Um, <laughs> that, that replaced it. But, you know, a Strode is an improvement over a, you know, giant freeway viaduct, a double-decker freeway viaduct, mind you. Oh, my so. Goodness. So that's, that's an improvement. Um, the inner loop in Rochester, uh, which in my opinion might actually be the best American example of this, uh, replaced a, um, you know, sort of entrenched freeway by just, you know, dumping dirt in it until it was full. And then they put a road and bike lane and houses on top of it. And that's, and that's pretty great. Um, and then also the Big Dig, which, as I said before, will have an episode of its own someday. Oh, yes, and we must talk about the most infamous example, of course, the Embarcadero Freeway. Where is that? This is in San Francisco. So, back in the 60s and 70s, uh, San Francisco, just like everywhere else in the United States, sort of decided, gee whiz, you know what would be really great? If we removed this freeway? <laughs> no, if we plowed this freeway through minority neighborhoods. Yeah, that would be awesome, wouldn't it? Yeah. So, um... Basically, it was a double-decker, like, viaducted freeway. Ooh, that, extra mega capacity. Well, it wasn't for that. It was just because they wanted to stack one direction of traffic on top of the other one. Oh. Ooh, okay. So, special, huh. right? It's an interesting design. And it connected sort of the Bay Bridge, which is the bridge across the bay, to the Golden Gate Bridge, which is the bridge across the Golden Gate. <laughs> just, wow. Uh, unique naming strategies they we, have. We in love San shoveling additional traffic onto capacity constrained bridges. Well, it wasn't shoveling additional traffic, it was just connecting. Connecting them because they were both pretty freewayed up at that point. So Yeah. So anyway, uh it was designed to do that. And it did that. And it was fine. Until bomb 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 
what's a, what's a thing that famously happens in California? Alex. Earthquake. Earthquake. Yes. Bad earthquake, uh, and it partially collapsed with people inside of Only it. Only partially collapsed? Well, yeah. I mean, the whole thing didn't go. Like, well. it was, like, you know, several miles long. But, so like, we could say that God himself is anti-freeway. God, God himself is anti-freeway, now, yes. Now, that's sound logic. <laughs> <laughs> you got so, your thinking cap on. So, yes. Uh, earthquake, a pretty bad one, actually. It was the... 1989 um, Loma Prieta earthquake, which is one of the worst earthquakes in U.S. history. I don't think I want to know what the damage total is. Oh, it was probably pretty freaking expensive. Um, But then, you know, it collapsed. And so, you know, naturally, the Department of Transportation of California and of San Francisco is like, well, darn, our freeway done collapsed. We better rebuild it. Psych! We can't afford that. Well, they could. Oh, okay. um, but then everyone in San Francisco got mad about it, and and then that didn't happen. And now the Embarcadero is a pretty nice street. has a has a Muni line running down the middle of it. Nice. Uh, it's got sidewalks and stuff. So, yeah, it's nice. I wonder what the before and after capacity of that one is. Uh, well, I mean, it's technically higher now because there's a Muni line running on it, but... Exactly. <laughs> so... Huh. Yeah, if you wanna if you wanna look up the Embarcadero Freeway, it's kind of like a just a real nasty looking double decker highway versus the street now, which, you know, it's got like two lanes of traffic in any given direction. This is what we call a surface boulevard. I mean, it is kind of a boulevard. I wouldn't really describe it as a strode. Like just looking at looking at the Wikipedia picture of the quote Embarcadero today, you can see a little streetcar running down it. There's a yeah. I'm looking at it on satellite, and you see some nice bike lanes, real yep. good crossing walks. Um, tram like tracks. Tram tracks. Yeah. It seems like accessibility to the piers and such is better. Yeah. 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 So it's good. Um, it's good that they that they did that. Um, thank you, God, for, for, <laughs> <laughs> for assisting with removing the freeway. Yeah. No problem. So, Connor, how can we make a freeway removal happen uh, as, as an interested party? Oh, are you an interested party? Yeah. In freeway removal? Yeah. Really? Yeah. As, as like most people who, you know, live in society. Well, get ready for a long and painful process. Yes. Uh, getting a freeway removed, you know, like Alex said, it's a very long and painful process because there are extremely powerful interests who will do anything to stop a freeway from being removed. So, like the th- state highway department. Like the state highway department, who doesn't cars? like that? Cars. Well, I mean, yeah, the, the cars force. specifically are just like <laughs> they just roll up to you and just be like, or they roll over you, or they just yeah run you over. Yeah. So that could be a problem. Um. Also, small business owners have this notorious thing where they think that all their customers arrive by car, even though most of them don't most of the time. This is a problem we also see um, with uh, bike lane installations that reduce the amount of available street parking. Yeah. So, um, you know, most of the time when you had a bike lane, you actually see an increase in traffic to local businesses along the route. But small business owners aren't ready for that. So... (laughs) Yeah, no. Well-known mechanic, car traffic bad for small businesses. Pedestrian traffic, amazing for small businesses. Yeah. So, you know, oh, and then also there's this thing, you know, that hasn't started several of the most recent wars um, at all called the Global Oil Cartel. 
Oh yeah, that one. Yeah, that's never started a war. Or ever. done no. anything yeah, bad. No, nothing ever. bad at all. That's like the best group. So Connor, is. what's your carbon footprint? Uh, not too big. Carbon footprints were invented by the evil people. I know. Yeah. Well, but you know, it is a thing, though. It is a thing. Car- uh, Connor, do do you pledge not to spill millions of barrels of oil into the Gulf of Mexico? Yes. I will not be spilling any oil in the Gulf of Mexico. Where's the Bible? Do you solemnly swear? I swear upon the Bible that I will not dump oil in the Gulf of Mexico. Okay, well, that hasn't stopped right, people cool. before. It hasn't stopped anybody. <laughs> so we know Connor's not a member of the oil cartel. That's good. Well, anyway, yeah, so the oil cartel does not like freeway removal because, you know, their business model sort of relies on people driving, and um, when people are driving less because there's less of a freeway, um, they make less money, so... Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like about evil and correct. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then car manufacturers also, because when there's less freeways, there's less freeways for people to drive on, and there's less reason for them to have a car, so they might not own a car, and then <gasps> all heck would break loose. So There there would be the collapse of uh, civilized society as we know it. Yes, and then in <laughs> Texas in particular, uh, the Texas Republican Party has a plank in their platform against free removal. <gasps> And road diets, because, you know, the Texas Republican Party, known for saying yes to anything ever. (laughs) (laughs) Completely unsurprising for the state of Texas, but also kind of sad that they feel the need to be that much of a prick about it. Freaking hilarious, though. Like, imagine, like, being actively like, how dare you make a street nicer? That impedes the freedom of a person in their private automobile. Uh, that's just We're going to make that part of our campaign platform. <laughs> just, just Texas. Yeah, yeah Texas. Yeah. Stay tuned for my podcast, uh, Political Science with Me, starring you and only you. Not starring only me. I'll starring find someone else to talk to. I'll find someone to talk to, or with. <laughs> to, gonna, not uh, with. Yeah, this is now a Strap Hangers Network promise that by the end of the year there will be a politics podcast coming from yours truly. So. Oh my God, that's in like two months. I that's three months. Oh, three we months. we started a podcast in like November. Two weeks. Oh, yeah. One a year. Oh yeah, we're getting close to there. We'll have to do a special episode of some sort. Yeah, for our fifty second episode. <laughs> 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 I think you mean like, hey, I've done the math though, and like if we do enough episodes by November, right, we will have come close. To doing, if we get 26 episodes out by then, right? That's we will have done weeks. one episode every two weeks. On average. On average. I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not sad about that. That's still like. Yeah, that's still pretty good. Full time students. Yeah, we yeah. also have jobs, except one of us. LMAO. XD. <laughs> no further comments. <laughs> no further comments. Anyway, yeah, that, stay tuned for that, I guess. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, okay, so. freeway. Bad, actually. Yeah, freeway, freeway removal is almost always started at the local level and comes from the most affected communities. So it's a very grassroots thing, and then once it gets enough momentum within the community, the local mayor will generally be like, oh, I've always supported this. We should definitely do this. That so, sounds like local mayor. That does sound like mayor. It's, the, it's yeah. the same sort of politics effect you see with, like, bike lanes and what whatnot. There's a lot of popular support for these sorts of things. Yeah, like, like Sandy Mayer be like, the tracks will destroy Sandy and bring in 
vagrants. And then, you know, two years later, we need a tracks extension to Draper. We need, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, so, so someone's <laughs> local officials recognize that there's local support for these urbanist things. They're like, oh, yeah, we love those, too. We I've were always, always liked them. bike lanes. Yeah, let's go. Sounds like politics as usual. We have always been at war with East Asia. Um, so then after you get that, it involves like decades of fighting and planning with state and national DOTs to get the darn thing done. Yeah. Uh, the Alaskan Wave Viaduct almost collapsed in the same earthquake as the <laughs> as the Embarcadero, and it took until like last year for them to finish that. So it took like thirty years. So if your freeway is already at the at the tail end or past the tail end of its lifespan, it's going to make it easier. And then it's going to take another twenty thirty years to actually tear it down. It might just tear itself down in the meantime. Yeah. So. So, anyway, it does take a while, so if you're going to advocate for that, there will be resources, as always, in the description for, like, I put in one of our sources, like, a little guidebook for how to advocate for nice. tearing down freeways, so you can look at that if you got a bad one in your town and you want, and you want it gone. Well, that's cool. So, that being said, which freeways of Les Etat Uni uh, are the worst? And that is where the Congress for New Urbanism has uh, helpfully provided a guide Ooh. in their Freeways Without Futures report from 2021. Oh, I forgot to put the source. Hold on. You're going to have to bleep all that. Bleep the music. Yeah. And why, don't music we just, why don't we just dubstep it? And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then we'll be fine. Yeah, it's transformative. Bleep the Jeopardy, you singing the Jeopardy music with, like, the different tones of the Jeopardy music. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. Yeah. Oh, that was very pitchy. Ooh. So. All right. We Ooh. got some freeways on here. Uh, first one on the list, the BQE in New York, New York. New York, New York, it's a hell of a town. It's got this dumb freeway called the BQE because it sucks. So basically what the BQE was like, um, is the podcast familiar with this wonderful visionary American figure uh, who is now a gender neutral bathroom known as Robert Moses? We are familiar <laughs> with said gender neutral bathroom. <laughs> yes. So um, when he was the main urban planner of NYC. And they let him like. Do he build was stuff. no man was like the freaking dictator of urban planning like he got to do whatever he wanted. I know, um, like the, uh, Moses. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, can, can we have like a rail dictator now? Now it's called Andy Byford. Oh. Okay. Um, <laughs> Rest in peace. Well, hey, he's coming back to America. I'm convinced. You want to hear my conspiracy? Oh. So he just like he fixed the TFL as one does, yeah, um, because they were having a funding issue, and so they brought in Andy Byford to try and get, like, stable funding to continue normal operations. And so he's done with that, and so now he's quit the TFL, and I am 99% convinced that he is going to the T. Wait, so who who is this man? I don't know him. Okay, so Andy Byford is uh, a Canadian... Well, he's originally British, but is he sort of gained international renown for going to the TTC in Toronto mm -hmm. and kind of, like substantially improving the quality of operations and all sorts of good things there. Ooh. And then he quit there because the MTA hired him, being, you know, slightly a piece of shit in the early aughts and early teens because there's, like, every five years a uh, subway crisis in New York. It just kind of happens. 
So they were having a subway crisis. They had like 55% reliability. They bring in Andy Byford, and then he gets it in like two years up to 85% reliability. And then Governor Cuomo fires him because he's jealous. So he's just the messiah. <laughs> he's then. kind of the transit messiah. And then after that, he went to TFL and has apparently fixed the tube's funding issue and now may be coming back to America to fix the MBTA. Honestly, that theory makes perfect sense because guess what needs fixing right now? <laughs> the MBTA needs some big fixing at the moment, yes. So, so is he just like really smart and can do stuff? Or he is he just is logical? an extremely effective manager. Because that is, sounds like it that would. Is management rare. is just as important as anything else. That is a rare and special skill, especially yes. in public administration. So, yeah, Andy Byford is the uh, train... Andy Byford for... Um, Lawful. What's Budajek's job? He's not an American citizen. Oh. I guess he would be. You don't have to be an American ci- or a natural-born American citizen. Andy Byford for uh, U.S. Secretary of Transportation. Fix uh, all the transits. Fix the all the trains, yes. Well. Okay, so, but anyway... Uh, Robert Moses, kind of a dillweed, um, to put it politely. Yeah, we've said some things about him. Well, he's a gender neutral bathroom. Um, <laughs> so, basically, the BQE was like his crowning achievement. It's the Bronx Queens Expressway. And the Brooklyn Queens Expressway. Oh, right, Brooklyn Queens Expressway. My bad. Connor, do you even live in New York? New York City is like one of the largest cities in this country. It only has like five boroughs. It only has five boroughs and 8.7 billion people plus, both two of which start with a B, mind you. Oh, no. <laughs> That's bad design. Bronx and Brooklyn. Yeah. yeah, that should be changed. They need to change to like a number system. Um, <laughs> Manhattan, one. Brooklyn, two. Queens, three. Bronx, four. And Staten Island, a very distant five. Well, why don't we do, just do like Omega and Pi and... <laughs> <laughs> That's cursed. Anyway... So it was kind of just his thing where he just did a bunch of racism and just plowed it through New York, and it's very broken and actively falling down and needs fixed. And because so it's, it's old. It's very old. And so probably the number one candidate for removal. Uh, the number two candidate for removal is in New Orleans. It's Interstate 10. Elevated. Yeah, and it was one of... Well, so is the BQE, it should be noted. Oh, yeah. Um, and it was one of those ones that they, like, just sort of, like actively just, like, put right in the middle of a black neighborhood to destroy it. That sounds like classic American racism. Yeah. yeah, like, it runs down Claiborne Avenue, or what used to be Claiborne Avenue. Uh, which I'm was sure a vibrant street. A vibrant, a vibrant, yeah, which was, you know, like, I'm, people have heard of, like, Black Wall Street that was in, like, Omaha before the, or Tulsa before the race riots there. Um, this was, like, a contemporary of that. Hmm. And then, of course, they put a freeway through yeah, it. Yeah, what a prime location for prime a freeway. Prime location for a freeway, man. Um, another one is the Inner Loop, actually, which we discussed in Rochester. Um, in 2017, they did the first section, and they kind of want to do the whole thing because... The first section turned out good, and people liked it. Right, and, you know, Rochester is one of those, like, cities that was especially destroyed by freeways. Like, more so than the average city, it was, like, actively, like, just you know, stabbed, like, it just sort of died off immediately after the freeways were built. Like, a lot of cities sort of survived freeways and grew outside of them, or or at least their metro areas did. Like, Houston, you know, big freeways, it's growing. Atlanta, big freeways, it's growing. New York, a lot of cities, like, managed to sort of 
grow despite continue, their freeways. Yeah, grow despite their freeways. Rochester is one of those ones that just kind of died from it. So they want to, you know, finish filling in the loop um, and make it nice and stuff. Um, oh, as we were discussing, Black Wall Street uh, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Interstate 244 just happens to uh, sort of run over that area. What a coincidence. I know. What a coincidence. Uh, how does this keep happening? My yeah. gosh. Yeah. That's so weird. So, so yeah, The after the race riots, right, the black community comes back and they're like, all right, we're going to come back and we're going to make ourselves even better than before. And they did that. And then they got and paved then, over. And then they got paved over. So, on accident. On accident, yeah. Um, yeah, and there's a lot of other ones on here. Interstate 275 in Tampa, Florida. Interstate 345 in Dallas, Texas. Uh, Interstate 35 in Austin, which is actually the subject of a really big fight in Austin right now because the state DOT wants to, like, vastly expand it, and a whole bunch of people are fighting to not do that. There's no yeah. way they want to expand if we were. Well, it already looks like this, so I don't know how you could expand it more. But... Yeah. The, the, oh, this is Texas. Wow. Every freeway is three freeways. It's 90 lanes. Yeah, what can you do? Yeah, Get so rid of it is what I you believe do. that under the expansion project, it would be like the same width as the Katy Freeway, which is the widest no. in the world. And we've, no. we've established that the, the wide section lanes. of the Katy Freeway is great. 24 lanes. Not in like, each direction. 12 so lanes in each direction. You can't see Alex's face right now, but he's just like very frustrated. It's that one picture that everybody uses of the, like, the super big parking lot freeway. Yeah, look up the Katy Freeway. Um, Interstate 35 in Duluth, Minnesota is also on the list. Uh, and then Interstate 5 in Seattle, Washington, which is one of those, like, super trenched ones, uh, would probably actually be a very good candidate for just, like, putting a cap right on top of it because you wouldn't even have to do that much. Cool. Um, what are some other ones we got here? Interstate 81 in Syracuse, New York. Interstate uh, 980 in Oakland. That's a pretty egregious one. That's wow. another one of the ones that was just really screwed. And then, yeah, a whole bunch of other stuff. But anyway, you should totally read the report because it goes into detail about the history of all these different freeways and why they're bad and why they should not be there anymore. I love how each freeway gets to be a special flavor of bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they've all done something horrific, so. I Great. Oh, I love this graduated campaign section at the end. There's two items there. I can personally think of two other freeways that should be removed. Hmm. And the, the, their names are I-80 and I-15 through the beautiful city of Salt Lake City, and also Interstate 184 in Boise, Idaho, which actively just kind of shink through the uh, southern southern reaches of the city. So Yeah. That's it. not happening, though. Imagine... So. We're going local again. Imagine how much, like, developable land you could free oh. up by blowing out I-15 and I-80. Yeah, you stick all the traffic onto I-215. It doesn't even matter at this point. You can it just really reroute it around. <laughs> oh, and I-215's all concrete now. So yeah, so it good. can take the traffic. Yeah, it can handle <laughs> Great. it. Great, so blow out I-15 and I-80. So that we have a one city instead yeah. of, like three pieces again. And yep. in the process of removing those, put in FR2. Yes, put in FR2. I'm I am going to move away from saying FR2 and start redesignating front runner lines to be R1 and R2, since that makes more sense. Regional 1, Regional 2, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Front runner 1 and front runner 2. No. Front runner. No. <laughs> you got you got to have some logic to the thing. Um so 
in conclusion, uh, Urban Freeway is bad. Tear really? them down. Did not see that coming. Yeah. This is not a conclusion <gasps> I came to on my own yeah. by going outside I know. and listening. And you know, trying to cross the highway. <laughs> like, it's funny because when I go outside my front door, um, you know what's wonderful is that I hear just freeway noise, and that's it. All day, every single day, first thing when you walk out the door. Yeah, it's just <laughs> a constant background of freeway noise, which is wonderful. Some people might like that. Who? So some people listen to white noise. That's when it's asleep. not. It's you not can white listen noise. to that inside of your own house without bothering the rest of the general public. It's no, not. It's they, too they loud. They built it so it would be a white noise machine. It's not, not to transport. It's, oh, yeah. it's not white noise because we can hear it through our windows and we have to and turn it on fluctuates the fan. in volume. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like you know, sometimes <laughs> there are just noises that aren't just like wheels and are like someone being like. Look at the size of my fowls. <laughs> hey, I guess we're fortunate in getting like the just low constant drone of freeway, whereas people who live downtown have to deal with like several penises per hour. <laughs> That's a lot for one person. Yes, it is. Gosh, dang it, Alex. <laughs> They're very big ones at that. Oh, my Lord. You could hear them all, oh, all the way across God. town. And that's why I don't live downtown. <laughs> the living downtown would be nice, though. I agree. Yeah. Okay, so that is Lay Episode. Uh, please remember to like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube and to follow and leave us a rating on iTunes and Spotify. You should follow us on Twitter for city posting every day, uh, including my rapid transit appreciation week that I did last week, which was fun. Uh, and then visit our website at trlpod.com for more information and content. We'd like to thank our patrons at Frontrunner Tier, $10. We have Curtis Herring, Mike Christensen, and Phobos2390. At Redline Tier, $5. We have Brian Smith, Christopher Whaley, Jacob Whitecotton, and Robert P. Walsh. And then at $3 for Blue Line Tier, we have Ben Busath, DJ Will Watkins, Hi Will, and Ethan McDonald, as well as Martin Hoker Martinez. Thank you for your support, and thank you for listening to the Redline Podcast. When did we get our new Patreon? <laughs> <laughs>